The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is a director at Galileo Capital. He is a personal finance expert. He is a chartered financial advisor. He's a very clever fellow. This personal finance feature is brought to you by Toyota Financial Services. Toyota Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Do you know it's a new year, Warren, and um, it's 2023, and I think the year is underway. Uh, we need to start thinking about, well, we should have started thinking about it a week ago, but you and I were still both away, um, <laughs> the, the future of money and what we should be thinking about and how should we be behaving and whether or not we should be making any big adjustments to, to the way we think about money. I think it's, um, you're right, we should probably always be thinking about it, but but as with everything in life, we get a little bit busy, you know, through the year and, and you know, events overtake us. And and so we've got to find a time in the year where we can, you know, just take stock of where we are and what we need to be doing in, in, in the year ahead. And I think this is a great time to do it. And and my first big comment is, uh, I'm, I'm always fascinated to see, you know, the, the big publications like Bloomberg and The Economist will will publish, you know, their, their big kind of report for the year ahead, you know, and, and it's filled with predictions about about markets, economies, technology, et cetera, et cetera. And and my very first point is uh, w- w- anything you got you read that that relates to uh, predictions about the stock markets or the economy, uh, you could probably skip that section and just go read the technology stuff, which is much more exciting, and and you know and go, go and read about uh, the things that might change our world. But but don't focus with any kind of real attention on the big predictions by the the, the financial experts and especially uh, investment experts and and economists. You know w- when we study these predictions by the economists that they, they are wrong um, more than half the time in, in other words a flip of a coin is going to be more accurate in in what, what's going to happen for for let's say the rand this year or interest rates or inflation than than expert economists and and that's not having a dig at expert economists it's just pointing out that they're they and all of us as humanity we're, we're not very good at making predictions so so why don't you Stop reading that stuff and stop worrying about that stuff uh, and, and start focusing on the things you can control. And most importantly, if you can, r- rely on a little bit of common sense this year. That, that will help you a, a heck of a lot at, at, the, at the start of this year. I think it's, it's really important in terms of understanding that forecasts are impossible um, and that you need to think very, very broadly and very differently about the way in which you invest your money. So how then... Do we do it, and how do we do it effectively? So let, let's look at the things we know um, uh, that, that are currently happening and, and what we can do about them. One is, uh, that especially globally, all of a sudden in the, in the developed world, uh, they, they have uh, interest rates now. They, they have real interest rates where, where it actually costs them money uh, if they've borrowed money and they can earn interest if they have got deposits on on money and and so that that raises the the prospect of a few things one uh, that if you've got debt uh, denominated in pounds dollars euros then you need to start thinking about that debt very carefully because it's not going to cost you you know 0.05 0.05 or something like that in in interest. It's probably going to be costing you five or six percent uh, to service that debt, 
And and so, you know, if we look at South Africa, just in parallel, we we already know that interest rates have have been rising here for 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 um, the, most of the year and uh, last year, and certainly, uh, the, you know, it's very possible that they continue to rise somewhat uh, this year. And that means you need to focus on debt as your starting point. And and I'm, you know, I mean, I guess always in personal finance you need to focus on debt. But but I think. When interest rates are high, and, and and certainly that's where we are now, you need to focus on on your debt very carefully, and 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 give yourself a game plan where you can, where possible, pay down your most expensive debts. Look at your credit cards, personal loans, overdrafts, microloans if you've got them, and and use the high interest rate environment, um, you know, to your advantage. In other words, try and get that debt out of your life as fast as possible, because you you simply don't want credit card debt, you know, compounding against you at twenty five percent. So, so firstly, look at that. Don't ignore it. Don't don't forget about it and hope that it goes away. It's not going away. It's growing bigger and bigger the more you ignore it. So, so that would be my first big comment. But secondly, the, the, control the things you can control. So, if you were looking at uh, re- replacing your car because you know you're worried about the the service plan is coming to an end or. Uh, you, you know, so, some maybe not real big reason for for buying a car, but you were going to use that as as kind of the excuse to buy a car this year or or, or some other big purchase. Uh, my suggestion is interest rates probably go up still for this year, and and therefore delay that purchase for a year or two. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to cost you anything. Uh, you know, the, m- most of us are working from home and work in some kind of a blend. So, you know, really, do you really need a new car now? Uh, if you don't, delay the purchase and and any other big purchases that you're going to, uh, you know, use debt to, to incur the, the the cost of that purchase, delay it. Just just set it aside for a while. Wait for interest rates to start turning and and, and going down again. And then look at uh, at make, making those big purchases. So, so for me, you know, I know you'll tell me that you know not a lot of people have got a lot of money now, and cost of living has gone up. And and I I hear it, I agree. But uh, but but this is personal finance where we've got to give the hard, the hard truths as well. And and one of them is don't give yourself excuses when it comes to debt. Make a plan. You know, make make some adjustments in in, in the way you spend and, and the way you incur debt. Delay the purchases. Delay the gratification and and start building up your money. Take control. Uh, it, there's so much going on around us that we can't control, and that's one thing we can control is how we spend, yeah. and then use that gap in your in your expenses to you know that, that hopefully that to to kind of pay down the debt where, where you can. On the flip side. For for a lot of people, and especially uh, I think older people, you know, they've been really in a in a lousy position for the last uh, or quite a few years because they haven't been able to to kind of get a really guaranteed return on their money, and especially when in stock markets haven't been performing well, that they've really suffered with with uh, you know cost of living rising, no income stream from work because they're retired, and so they're in a position where. Uh, earning interest is now a, a really viable thing to do. So for 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 people, that, you know, older people who can earn quite a lot of interest without paying tax, have a look at the RSA retail bonds. You know, I, I saw today that they're paying around 10.5% Still. at the moment for a five-year. And that's a great rate. It's a guaranteed rate. Our, our beloved government is giving you a guaranteed return on your money of 10.5%. It's not uh, n- not to be sneezed at. Yes, there's tax. So don't don't put all your money in there because then you're going to give away half of it to tax. But but certainly that's a, a very important asset to, to, to look at. 
And then lastly, uh, around uh, around global investments and interest rates, for quite some time, uh, global bonds ha have been giving you the prospect of return-free risk. You, you, you would buy a global bond and you would be getting zero on your money or p potentially even uh, paying away a bit of your money every year. And, and it was going to give you the prospect of massive capital risk. Well, that massive capital risk uh, arrived last year and global bonds had, had one of their worst years ever. But what that means now is that that's an asset you should be looking at if you're if you're investing globally and you know your kind of traditional you know 60 percent in shares 40 percent in bonds kind of a portfolio that that's a very viable thing to start looking at again so so don't ignore global bonds in your in your investment assets uh, because i think they they are going to offer very nice returns again uh, and not a prediction it's just based on the rates that they're offering now uh, and even if interest rates do go up a bit more overseas you know, bonds should be part of any well-diversified portfolio um, when, the, when the world is the right side up. And, and I think we're there now, Bruce. So, so, yeah, I think for me, those are probably the big investment themes. And, you know, stick to balanced, uh, balanced portfolios. Don't listen to the big predictions. Uh, I, I think the RAND's going to surprise us. Um, it already is. I'm, I'm very surprised when we're at stage, stage six load shedding that uh, we, we're seeing a RAND, uh, you know, substantially below 17 to the to the dollar, and that might carry on if, if you know, if China keeps going and emerging markets become the flavor of the year or the next decade again. Uh, and so, don't you know, don't be all or nothing in your investments. Don't sell out of South Africa because of load shedding. You know, load shedding and and the economy are one thing. Our, our stock market is pretty much unrelated nowadays and it might be a, a very good place to 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 give you good returns over the next five or ten years how much did the jse give us last year Warren? i i think it it was about uh, just over three uh, percent probably about in you know, dollars four percent in, in dollars in in I, I i know you've got the number so i'm i'm, I'm not going to guess i don't know <laughs> minus three um, and, and so you, in, in global terms, if you invested in the JSE last year, you are poorer today than you were at the beginning of the year. If you'd invested in the S&P 500 this time last year, how would you have done? Better or worse than the JSE? No, I, I mean, that, that I certainly know. I, I think you're probably 10% worse off. In other words, you're probably down about 13, 14%, somewhere around there. 17, 17%. 17 and the MSCI World Index? Nearly 20. You lost a third of your money last year. Gee, okay. Now, that's astounding. I mean, on the JSE last year, you lost 3% in dollar terms. But you did a hell of a lot better than on the S&P 500. And considerably better. Is hell bigger or, or smaller than considerably? Considerably better on the... Uh, than the MSCI World Index. The JSE dramatically outperformed some of the world's biggest stock markets last year. And this is the the great contradiction, isn't it? And I think that's you know that that's really one of the the messages I'd love people to take from from tonight is you know I, I, I'm I'm sitting uh, in my house right now and it's very dark because we're in load shedding and you know I've, I've, I'm in that four hour stint hoping that my UPS is going to last for the rest of the show and uh, and and desperately uh, worried about what our economy is going to do and and it's a it's a valid concern all of us should have and and we should be angry and worried and and concerned uh, agree but at the same time those emotions 
shouldn't attach to what uh, to, to your investments. Don't uh, sell out of the JSE simply because of those factors. You know, the JSE is massively driven by what's going on around the world, and you know, in China is a big factor in our lives uh, and and other emerging markets as well. And and certainly, you know, if emerging markets, uh, you know, become the place that global investors look at for 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 growth, uh, you know, coming out of very dead environments in the US and and the developed world, then then certainly we, we will um, our economy, our stock market. Let me know our economy will will benefit and who knows there might be a positive surprise from our government where they do something good and 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 sort of right the economy in some way or another but but i just think be be careful of of being too pessimistic around your investments and attaching that to the jse that would be i think a, a really big mistake for the next five years i think you're right and um you know the, the you know the rally that we've seen so far this year, and goodness knows how long it lasts. But we've seen about an eight percent increase this year, and for the first time in history today, the all share index went through seventy nine thousand, and it, I think it probably would have closed above seventy nine thousand had Nursa not opened its big fat mouth and increased electricity by uh, by eighteen and a half percent on the first of April. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, I mean I think we we're kind of making up for lost time in in, in one sense with the JSE where, where we you know we we had the last decade and and certainly that you know the, that recovery that we're seeing now um, you know just to give it context we, when we have these big jumps and I, I know Naspers is, is is kind of a big driver of that that jump it, it it's making up for for quite a few years of of really poor growth and and so the JSE is in no way expensive simply because we've had this good start it's got a long way to go. Before it, before it becomes expensive. So, you know, if we're sitting at an index level of, you know, 85 or 90,000 by, by the end of this year, and I have no idea, I'm not, I'm not making the prediction, but, not a forecast. but if it is, not a forecast. It, it still won't be expensive. And that's really my comment is, you know, it, it yeah. still won't be a, a pricey. So don't jump out if we have a good year and, and the JSC delivers a 20 or 30% return this year. Don't think, well, that's it, it's over and, and I'm going to sell out everything. It could easily continue because stock markets often move in big cycles. And, and that's, you know, it's a key point. We're, we're not expensive now. We should be rewarded for, for being paid in, in, in the JSE and you know, a, a lot of uh, emerging markets around the world. Warren, a question from Joe this evening. My global investments were really bad last year. We know, Joe. <laughs> we know. We've just talked about it. Should I change my portfolio this year to something that will grow better? Now, if, if you look at Joe's portfolio, let's say Joe had uh, a third of his money in the JSE, a third in the S&P 500 and a third in the MSCI World Index. Well, he's lost a lot of money um, and he's understandably going to be feeling a bit bruised, battered and unhappy about his investments. Does he leave his money where it is or does he chop it all up and go and put it into government bonds? Uh, it, 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 it's it's such an important question because I think a lot of people are, are in the same boat as Joe, and and, and the impulse is to do something. You know, let take action. Uh, you know, when when, that, when we see our investments are down, we we want to do something to to make them better, and it's a very human reaction. And and in the world of investments, often an absolutely catastrophic mistake. You know, if you're, and I think we're giving very nice context. You know, if you've got a, uh, you know, global investments and and they're down, you know, twenty five percent. Well, you know, we, you've just heard Bruce say that you know the world market was down a third. So. If you're down 25%, it's terrible. Uh, it's lousy. I'm not, uh, not not defending the performance, but the context is 
um, everything else was down a third. So, so that means you know if you're on if you're on your little boat and you're in the sea and the tide goes down, you you know you, you, your ship is going to go down. Your little boat's going to go down along with every other boat around you. And jumping from one boat that's in a in a low tide to another boat in a low tide is going to make no difference to your life. The the reality is. If if you understand that your investments are down along with the rest of the world, and it doesn't, and your investments aren't down much more, then the the, the probability is you're in something that's that that's just doing what the world markets are doing, and 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 your best course of action in a situation like that is sit tight and just wait. The the tide comes in. It's busy coming in now in in, in a South African context and and global emerging markets. And, and the longer you wait, uh, the the more chance you you get a return. Chopping and changing now because there's an impulse to do something is is why investors often do way worse than what the markets do because they they want to take action they believe you know by by inputting effort in in into their investments somehow that effort then will make the investments perform better. Unfortunately, that's a load of nonsense. You, you, you know, with the best will in the world, you know, me looking at the index and and you know buying and selling the index, uh, you know, up and down all day long doesn't make the index goes up, go up. It's going to go up because of what world markets are doing, and and chopping and changing simply creates a huge amount of cost, potentially tax, and and then you're out of the market potentially when it when it's turning. I'm, I'm just thinking about people that have been sitting on the sidelines, not in the JSE. Uh, they've lost out on some really nice growth already at the start of this year, and they'll probably be sitting on the on the sidelines uh, until the end of March, and then they're going to go, gee, you know, that, the JSE is looking pretty good. It's up 20% this year. Let me jump in. Too late. You've missed it. So if you're in the markets now and you're in global portfolios and they are down, uh, just understand, be humble enough to know that none of us actually know what's going to happen in the next three months or six months. What we can do is we can look at investments and say they're really cheap now, and and if we're patient, in five years' time, they're going to be very rewarding. But are they going to get, be very rewarding next week or next month? We actually don't know. No one really knows. So so just just hang on and 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 ride out your investments. I think you know for me, if you can, if you hear a bit of frustration in my voice, it's because th- this is a pattern we as humanity repeat over and over again. When things yeah. are down, we sell. And and that's not the time to sell. In fact, that's the time to be excited about buying. And and if you're holding something which is down and it's down as much as everything else, please, Joe, stay invested. Don't be part of the herd that kind of runs off the cliff. You know, stop, look over the edge and turn around and, and just wait. Things get better. Um, quick thought on currency. Um, South Africa, I mean, South Africa's got lots of interesting national pastimes. One of the favorite national pastimes for anybody with a bit of money is to take your money offshore. If people want to take their money, sorry about that accent. Um, if people want to take their money offshore, um, uh, strategically, uh, fast as you can, soon as you can, yesterday, when is the best time? Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I've, I've been, I feel like a broken record. I've been saying that my, my level for the rand to the US dollar is about 1650. Uh, that was sounding uh, fairly crazy sometime last year, but but um, it's, it's sounding more and more rational again this year, and, and I'm, I'm not going to change that view. And about 20 rand 50 to the pound. So whenever it's below 20 rand 50, in other words, if it was 20 rand and two cents to the pound, that's a good time to send money out. Uh, if if the rand's at 1601 to the dollar or 1649 to the dollar, also a good time. Uh, but but don't trade it. So in other words, if you know that you need to increase your overseas allocation because you've got no money or very little of, uh, offshore, then then use the, the the rand at those levels or when it gets better than those levels to 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 send money into into dollars, pounds, and 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 build up your overseas allocation. But uh, but but don't be trading around something like this because you know currencies do move really quickly and and, and that could catch you out. 
Warren Ingram at Galileo Capital. First visit for the year. Thank you.